Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Escaping Tyranny, episode 87 with Rusty Rutherford. Uh, Rusty is an awesome dude, and I hope you guys really enjoy the conversation. Before we kick that off, uh, make sure that you go like and subscribe, rate and review the podcast. Uh, make sure that you go follow at Russell Rhymes on Instagram. Uh, make sure that you're following at Escaping Tyranny on Instagram. Um, yeah, make sure that you guys are doing all the all the fun stuff behind the scenes. Um, just a few announcements. Uh, I will be at tractor brewing uh downtown on friday for the first friday's comedy contest uh, rusty talks about that in this podcast so i will be there friday i believe that's august 5th today yeah i believe it's august 5th um august 5th there'd be 10 comedians five minutes piece from each comedian uh fun little contest it's actually it gets pretty packed pretty quick so make sure you guys get there a little bit early um and then august 17th they'll be doing another roast battle i'll be going up against robert eister uh eister is an incredible comedian super funny so he's definitely going to bring the heat um and the shows get insane they're tons of fun come out and support local comedy that'll be at revel august 17th um and yeah, let's get on to the episode. Cheers. Not an in and out of smiles like an archaeoleptic comedian. And need to stop drinking out the same water I'm puking in. Like a box of matches in a world of lighters, I'm a loser. Occasional robotic bloodhound, fully employed bruiser. A story with no plot, a puppy without tag. A magician with no tricks, pulling a plot out of his hat. That's whispering memories stuck in That's the rock. That's weird that like, they do like a two-year hiatus of a show. Like, especially because like with shows, like growing up, every show was consistent and like, you know, they had a season and then next year they have the next season, et cetera. It's like, it's so weird when they go two years without having a show. It's like, how, how do they do that? Yeah. Severance. It's called severance. Severance. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, it's this weird sci-fi kind of black Mary. I don't know if you watch black Mary. Mm-hmm. That's one I love. Um, but it's a, like the concept of it is when they're at work, they, so that's like a super secure place that they're mm-hmm. working for. Um, and they've developed this technique. They do this like surgery or something on them. And so when they're at work, they don't remember any of their life outside of work. Oh, wow. And then when they're out of work, they don't remember any of their stuff from work. And so it's like two oh, wow. separate lives. That like seems like it'd be wildly efficient. Like, right. I mean, I hate that. Like when you're at work, like, or anything, right? Like you're doing stuff in like your personal life and all of a sudden like everything from work is just like sitting there with you. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how people... Oh, that'd be so nice, honestly. Yeah. Like, well, and that's some of them go in thinking that, but then they're like, in their personal life, their personal life, they're trying to figure out what their job is. They don't even mm. know what it is, and even when they're there, they don't really know what it is. Yeah. Um, what they're they they're doing this thing, but they don't know what it's for, what the bigger picture is. Yeah. Because it's super secure, and so then they start like trying to figure it out and kind of getting clues from like their outside selves. Okay. Um, and then trying to figure out what this company is and like one girl like wants out, but can't get out. And it's, it's cool. It's a, it's a real good show. I'll have to check that out. It sounds super interesting. The, you, you said black mirror. That's the one that's like a modern day, like twilight zone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that one, I've seen the very first episode or what I, I think is the first episode where, um, they can like record stuff with their minds, right? Like they have like the, the like beetle or the bug or like it's uh, it's like a certain name to it right or like the pearl it's like stuck in them and they can rewind right. i'm like that is so intense and I, I like loved it but i just i haven't gone back to watch it yeah it's a good show that's the first season it's not the first episode okay so um, it's first season not the first but episode. every episode stands alone you yeah can just jump and watch anyone and yeah that one's like and a lot of them it's just so true to like what we're living in now yeah 
um, that it's like scary. Yeah, accurate. like we're not far off from that. Yeah, yeah, like we're already Dude. recording everything. Like that episode, they're at mm-hmm. a party and they're all just showing what they did, like at the last party or something. Yeah, none of them are in the moment. They're all just watching their old lives and. Dude, like it's so, it is because to your point, right? Like. There's stuff that you go, oh, that's scary, or like, oh, wow, like that could actually happen. It's like, yeah, it's, we're that close. We're really not that far off from that, which like bothers me. Like, um, I went to the Jewel concert, uh, or like Jewel and Train and all them the other night. Um, you out seem in like a big Jewel fan. Huge Jewel fan, bro. <laughs> Super pumped. <laughs> but the, uh, but like the crazy part is, it's me, like everyone there is just like recording songs like that's all they're doing right. the they're whole like thing the whole concert or something it's like did you watch it then like right you could have watched from someone else's phone like at that point and so i i think that's so weird because i try you know i i did one video of one song i sent it to my mom i put my phone down and it's right. like just enjoy it yeah and i feel like people don't do that like you're saying like being in the moment they're just replaying old memories totally that's so weird and i'll do I'll, i mean i definitely at concerts and stuff i'll do clips i share stuff on instagram all the time like i'm I'm not against that sure but yeah someone filming a whole concert or even a whole song and it's like are you gonna go home and just watch this like when there's like a way better quality version on youtube if you really yeah. want to watch it. yeah yeah exactly like if you're gonna watch a video of it watch someone who did like a great job instead of someone who's like on an iphone like eight you know yeah. just like recording this right all oh these my heads gosh. right in front of them and yeah exactly Doug stanhope's funny man because um stanhope will like go off on you if he sees you taking a picture or video like during a show at all that's so funny like, for that reason because it's like you're not in the moment and uh i went to i've seen him several times i went to one of his shows here that like a bunch of our local comics were opening up for mm-hmm and back then, I was kind of running or like helping run. There's a few of us collaborating on the Albuquerque, um, AlbuquerqueComedy.com. And we had actually just won or later won like blog of the year, top five in Albuquerque or oh, something. Wow. And we didn't do anything on it. Yeah. All it was was it was connected to like my Instagram, I think. And I would post pictures of stand up comics mm. and share it through there. And so it was like stand up shows all through Albuquerque. So I got like all the local acts because they were all super excited to open for Stan Hope. And I knew I knew Stan Hope would go off if he catches you. Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen him before, but I was like, I want a picture of him to, like, make a grid and send. And so, like, real quick, I put my phone up. Fucking he caught me and just went off on me right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But then later, we all partied together. Um, I live right above Launchpad where he was at. And okay. So he came over and hung out with all of us. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. You can film anything now. And so, like, I filmed him, um, and he just kind of, like, did this improv bit about a girl that was at the party and how he wouldn't hook up with her because she was a minority and he's racist. And, all this oh, and it was just like <laughs> funny little like I've never shared it because I don't know if he'd want me to, but I'm like, that was cool. Yeah, he's that's like, cool because like then you have that for your, like, your own personal. You're like, no, that, that's a fun one just yeah, for me. Yeah. That is so funny. How long have you been a part of like the comedy scene in Albuquerque? Are you from Albuquerque? I, I yeah. I, as much of uh, the research I've done on you for the, the Rose <laughs> Battle and stuff, I don't know that much about you. Like, are you from Albuquerque? I am. Um, I've lived here pretty much forever. I lived okay. in Chicago for a year. Okay. I was out there, but the rest of my life I've been here. Um, and I've been doing comedy like all of it. I, I my first time doing comedy was twenty years ago. Oh wow doing stand-up at an open mic at chelsea street pub it was a restaurant at coronado mall and it was like just this terrible monday open mic nobody knew what was going on so it was always like a few comics 
performing for like a few people at the restaurant yeah who didn't weren't there to see comedy and it was right. like a family <laughs> restaurant and all these dirty comics and I was doing what I thought stand-up was supposed to be. Like, I, I was so terrible. I have my first set. If you dig, because it's not just the set, but I have my first set on YouTube. Yeah. Because um, I had a public access show when I was in high school, and so okay. I put my stand-up. And I watched it a, a few months ago. I'm like, oh, it's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I have this up here, but luckily, like, it's not super easy to find. Someone really wants to find it, they can. Yeah. Um, but then I would start doing things at that open mic where – like specifically I, I did this a few times but we did a show right before christmas mm-hmm. and so normally there was nobody in the audience well this show was packed because it was the mall at christmas time everyone yeah, yeah. was shopping and then out eating it was packed but again nobody there to see the open mic they had no idea what was going on sure so i do this thing it's like every time i lose your guys's attention i'm gonna take off a layer of clothing and get your attention <laughs> back and so i would like do a couple jokes they'd start talking i'd take off my shirt took off my pants and i was like a five foot five hundred 10 pound dude yeah <laughs> uh, stripped down i got down to my boxers and then i go to pull off my boxers and then i'm like oh i'm out of time and i would leave and uh a week or two i did that a couple of times and a week or two after the host came up and he's like yeah i did a radio interview today and they're like is that the open mic where the kid takes his clothes off on stage <laughs> and he's like you gotta stop doing that and I was like, that's the only thing they knew about this open mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you should encourage this. Yeah, the fact that people know your open mic because of the kid who takes his clothes right. off. Right, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, which is so funny because, like, I feel like a lot of people can complain about, like, Albuquerque comedy, right? Like, or they do complain. They're like, there's not a lot of open mics and all of this. But the way, like, anyone who's been doing it longer than five years will tell you, like, it wasn't as nice as it is even now. Like there are some spots that are pretty solid for open mics, let alone like Revel doing comedy on Wednesdays. Oh, yeah. I mean, even the the roast battle last week was packed. Like I, I was just yeah. absolutely shocked. It was an awesome turnout. Yeah. No, there's so many opportunities here for comics. Um, Sarah Kennedy moved back from New York. She was there a few years, and she was just like. One of her things is, you know, New York was great, but it was hard to produce shows. It was hard to, like, get the stage time. Um, she said the open mic's there. If you did go to one where you got stage time, she said most of the time it was like ones here where the crowd's dead. Yeah. Or if you go to, like, the big ones in most big cities, you get three minutes. There's, like, 40 comics on the bill. You know, you sit there for, like, four hours to get to your three-minute set. We're here, right. like, most open mics, we get five minutes. Um, yeah. But it's cool, and you know we we've kind of developed and into this. I know I was listening to um, AJ's podcast, AJ oh, on your podcast, yeah, yeah. when I was studying you. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know, Jeremy. But yeah, and AJ brought it up, and I've heard you know other comments. Buck talks all the time about how uh, you know this the the old school people. It was very like they would only book their friends and stuff. Yeah, and it was it wasn't really that at all. Um, it was just like it was a small scene. So first there was laughs when the comedy club was here. Yeah. And everybody was just trying to get in laughs. So we didn't really have the community. It was like everybody doing that open mic. And then we had one or two others open mics here and there. But then laughs closed and all the comics that were trying to get there are like, well, now we got to produce our own shows. Right. And so like the community really started. And I mean back then, like it was like a dozen comics in Albuquerque. There weren't, yeah. weren't many. And uh, so like – 
several of us started producing shows and performing. You know, I started producing shows like out of necessity. It wasn't really something I necessarily wanted to do. Sure. But I'm like, well, I need a stage time. No one's doing comedy shows. Like, I'll produce them. Um, and then it grew and grew. And, like, people like Sarah Kennedy, um, Joe Casada, uh, a few of these guys, you know, started um, just really, like, trying to get other people involved, trying to pull people uh, I started my comedy contests now first Friday's comedy contest used to be third Thursdays and I would book like half stand up comedians and half like theater people because I'm okay. a theater major and had all that stuff. So I'd book my like funny theater friends because that theater community, you know, you really rely on each other. You need the other actors, you need the director, you need the tech crew like yeah. to build it. Um, and I like that like camaraderie in the, the theater community. So I was like, I want to bring this like community into the stand-up world um and you know eventually yeah it started getting there and so then like i think you know most of the, the comics that talk about like it being um e exclusive it, i don't think it really was i think you just weren't in the loop like if you weren't doing open mics we didn't see you um like you know buck buck's hilarious and he you know he talks about that a lot and i'm like i, I would totally would have booked buck but i didn't know buck was like doing stuff and i yeah. didn't know buck um but now there's just so many opportunities i mean yeah. you got like an open mic every night yeah sometimes multiple at night and it's cool so people can like go and get that stage time there's so many chances plus book shows and um yeah we got a cool scene it, it really is interesting because like it wasn't even something i knew about until like i looked for it right and like obviously that that sounds like simple because a lot of Things are like that. If you don't look for it, you're not going to find it. Sure. But also, like, looking for it and finding it, and then all of a sudden it's, like, it just feels big. And, it like, it's incredible how many, like, what you're talking about, just produced shows people have all across Albuquerque and then even in, like, Rio Rancho and stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, we even, I say we, uh, incorporating with, like, Santa Fe as well. And, you know, it's not that far north, but at the same time, like, it's still a trek to make that either way. Sure. Um, so it just feels like people want people to have those chances and which I, I'm not super like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not like tenured or like, I, I guess is the best way to say it. Right. I haven't been doing this very long, but it just feels like people want you to have that opportunity. And because of that, people are really rising to the occasion. Like we've, I've seen some really, really funny people here and you're like wow like yeah. you just see the talent just because people have like the ability like ability to do it yeah you know I mean? yeah man and there's so many like like new comics you know maybe only even doing it like a few months that are good or that get good fast yes um the ones that you can tell the ones that really like take it seriously you know do some open mics go home tweak their stuff try it again with a new format rewrite like um chuck parker man chuck parker's is doing great just grinding. and just like yeah, yeah he's been doing it i don't know a year yeah a year or two um and he's just like constantly working constantly getting better you know a, a lot of a lot of these new guys are doing that and it's it's super cool to see i think it's interesting to watch chuck because like like you say he hasn't been doing it very long but um when i have gone to open mics and i've seen him he, I think he really relied on being, like, the really, like, loud and, like, boisterous, right? He's just, like, trying to, like, ah, like, you know, this is crazy and the government's this, whatever. And then I went to one open mic, and I don't know how long he's been doing this, but he try, he's trying now to be very quiet. 
Yeah. And like suck you in. It's like, I love that he's trying it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying it doesn't work right now, but it's one of those things that he's like, all right, I'm just going to flirt with the idea that maybe I don't have to be incredibly loud the entire time. Right. It's like just, I like to see that as well as people trying shit that it may not work, but they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. He's doing some, some Jake the Snake stuff. You, yeah. you watch pro wrestling? <laughs> no, Man, but I know what you're talking about. I grew about. up on pro wrestling. Jake the Snake was just known for like a super slow, quiet, but like super intense promos yeah. he would cut. Yeah. And just draws you in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, and then when you do get the high energy, you know, having those levels, like it's, it's so good. If you're either one or the other yeah royal's another example man back in the day royal was just loud all the time that was his thing he would be loud he'd get the audience attention but he would like scream in the mic i'd book him and i'd have to run back to my soundboard to bring his levels Turn it down. down yeah <laughs> um and now royal's got to where he can, he totally like uses it when he needs to right um, but it's not just that one level like if you're just loud or just quiet but when you can like be quiet and then you're loud or if you're generally more loud and then you get quiet and make them listen like yeah those are cool what's the coolest thing that you've done with albuquerque comedy or what is something that you've seen that you're like this is incredible it wasn't always like this um man i i really like now that a lot of comics from the road that are coming in and like even bigger name comics uh, are getting local acts to open up for them. Yeah. I think that's something for years we wanted, and they, you know, they'd always bring their own openers. It's like, no, we have comedians here that are good. Um, and for years it was so rare. Every now and then there would be a show with, you know, one or two local comedians on it. And now it's like a lot of the producers, for one, are bringing in, you know, bigger comics and, and they know the scene. Sure. Um, you know, there, there's something to be said about like, comedians also being producers like i say a lot of us do it out of necessity like i'm not i'm not like a great promoter it's not like what i'm great at that's why you said you have to look for comedy like because we don't pay for ads most all of us and stuff so anyways a lot a lot of these producers may not be the best promoters but they're doing it because they are passionate about it and they want to make the show and so they're bringing in acts that are bigger and then getting locals to open up for them um and then i got I was a regular MC at the uh, the stage at Santa Ana for a while. Okay, yeah. So they'd bring me usually like once a month to, to just MC for one of the traveling acts. But I got to open up for Brian Posehn there. Okay. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to open for Michelle Wolf, and then last minute she brought her own openers. But uh, got to open for Brian Posehn and just like hang out with him backstage. He's just a totally – do you know Brian Posehn? Like, I'm trying to think you of would who that, who that would You would recognize him if you saw him. Um really like dorky looking dude one of the the comedians of comedy which man i don't know if that's still on netflix but if you get the chance to see oh yeah oh i'm trying to think of um god what is he from he's on um uh i was about to say as soon as you as soon as you pulled him up i was like yeah i recognize that dude if you get the chance to see the comedians of comedy documentary that I think Netflix produced it. And it's Brian Posehn, Patton Oswald, Maria Bamford, and Zach Galifianakis. Okay. Um, and Zach's like probably my favorite stand up like ever. He's just okay. so weird. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like a documentary that follows them around and 
you know goes to their shows them coming up with material like yeah just so good yeah and they're all they're all weird and like dorky yeah um but yeah so i got to hang out with him and like they just they close the door in the green room um and just like pull out weed and start like smoking back in the green room and i'm like cool we can do this yeah and like as soon as like i have the pipe one of the workers from the casino walks in and i'm like oh fuck I'm like hiding it yeah yeah and they're like we don't care the, the green room at the casino is the only place on this whole casino floor that doesn't have cameras oh wow <laughs> uh but yeah and then he took us out to like denny's afterwards and like bought his bought his dinner and bought you some grand slams and yeah <laughs> hung out talked about pro wrestling he's a big pro wrestling fan and dude um, yeah that that sounds like a blast and it's like yeah that uh i didn't realize that that was the only spot that didn't have cameras it's like yeah. the stuff you find out just by doing shit yeah 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 you know casinos are just so i mean millions of dollars on the floor like at one yeah. time at least um yeah, they're like there's cameras everywhere. There's cameras like backstage. The cameras in every hall and kitchen. The green room's like the one spot with no great cameras. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I looking you up. So for anyone that didn't go, first off, you missed out. Uh, Rusty, first off, congratulations. You're very hilarious. Thanks, man. Um, I did get to see you doing the first Friday um competition, um, like you mentioned earlier, and so I got to see you do some bits, and I was like, oh fucking hilarious i was like all right i've got really really great competition i was like i know rusty's gonna bring the heat um and so first off if you didn't go you missed out second off uh if you didn't know uh rusty's done a ted talk which when i was like researching you one i hate going and doing a roast battle just because one i get terribly nervous but two it's like you're a really cool guy and like getting to meet people in the comedy scene everyone's very kind and so it's like it's weird to like try to roast someone who's like really nice right but also like i was like just getting more interested in the shit that you were doing and like what you talked about during the ted talk i was like oh it's actually really cool and then i was like just like researching stuff off of that and i'm like i'm not even doing like i'm not writing anything about rusty i was like i'm just looking up like (laughs) like under uh underprivileged youth in albuquerque so how did how did that come about? I, I took some creative liberties, obviously, um, and said that you volunteered. <laughs> but, like, how did you end up working uh, in that? And, like, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so my first job, you know, doing social work type stuff with kids was um, with YDI, Youth Development Incorporated. Okay. Their Teatro Consejo program, or Theater of Council. And I was a student at UNM doing a lot of theater stuff, and I saw a flyer in the hall that they were hiring, and asked my Spanish friend what Teatro Consejo meant. And I was like, oh, cool, I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I applied. I didn't think I would get it because I was probably, I think I was 19, 19 or 20 at the time. Um, and it was my first, like, grown-up job, full-time job, doing um, theater, performing arts, music, that type of stuff with gang, gang-involved gang youth or at-risk youth to uh, join the gangs. And did that program in their gang intervention program for um, about seven years total. And we also started... Uh, one of my buddies there started a hip-hop group when I was gone. I was in Chicago for a year. I came back. He's like, yeah, I'm doing a hip-hop group every every Wednesday night. We, like, have the kids come, and they can write raps or freestyle. And it turned into just every Wednesday night for, like, two hours, me and some teenagers would get in a, do a cypher circle and rap. And wow. a lot of them would be like, I can't rap without cussing. And I'd be just like, there's seven words. And it's like, try not to cuss. But if you cuss, like, I don't really give a fuck that much. Yeah, just yeah. try not to. <laughs> um and 
we'd get the kids, you know, most of them would like talk real big game. Like, yeah, I'm a rapper. I'm a rapper. I'm like, oh, cool. Let's hear. No, no. No, let's hear. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then some you'd get that were like, great. Um, you know, some of these kids were like either really good writers that would write tracks. We had a recording studio. They'd come produce stuff. Other ones were just great freestylers. And um, it was awesome practice for me because I also had to rap for an hour and a half without cussing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, did a lot of that, did video projects, did fun, like comedy, goofy videos with them, as well as like serious PSAs. And then the program closed down, lost some funding, um, from the County and the, the, the theater and the performing arts specifically had been around for 27 years, I think, mm-hmm. and lost funding. They closed that program down and they asked me, I got, they asked if I wanted to go back to the gang intervention program but I was just kind of burnt out at the time. I really wanted to do the performing arts stuff. So that's when I did the TED Talk. Um, and actually, I did. I did. I was already booked for the TED Talk. That's what had happened. I, I was booked for the TED Talk, um, you know, based around working with youth and, and getting them to laugh and getting them to, like, let down these guards and not just try to be tough all the time. Like, yeah. let them just try to be kids again. And, um, and it was about my work with YDI, and then I'd been going to like coaching sessions and rehearsal, rehearsals for the TED Talk, and then I found out the program was getting shut down. So oh, this whole TED Talk I was talking about trying to build up this program, and now the program was gone. Yeah. Um, so I started my own program for a while after that, and uh, yeah, I just worked. I just like working with kids is cool. Yeah. You know, I I had an awesome childhood. I like had an easy childhood but it was super fun and i have like fond memories and so just to like try to stay young i think working with kids helps no tremendously like you just like being reconnected with that i um i coached wrestling for a while um this next year like so last year i really didn't get to do a whole lot um just like with my job and stuff and so like this next year i'll probably be completely away from it which sucks because it is cool to like work with a kid and I can only imagine, especially in, like, a creative fashion like that, because, like, wrestling, there were, like, strict, or like, not strict movements, but, like, okay, like, we've got to do, we got to drill these movements, we got to do this properly, and everything's got to fit in a certain way. And it's fun to, like, teach a kid something that all of a sudden you're like, oh, they did that in a match, like, I helped with that process. Yeah. They did it, right? But I got to, like, be a part of it, which is super cool. I can only imagine, like, in a creative sense to watch a kid go oh, that's cool, and I've seen people do it till all of a sudden I'm doing it. Right. Like, I, I've all of a sudden seen it's tangible that I'm able to do that. Yeah. I can only imagine. And getting them to, like, put in the work for, for whatever it is, getting them into something. Yeah. You know, that was our thing, too. Like, okay, if you don't like music, let's do funny videos. Okay, you don't like videos? You like to paint? Let's paint. Um, you like sports? Like, let's get you hooked up with sports. We had Danny Romero's gym connected to us. Okay. Uh, so he would train, like, our kids, too. A lot of them would go over there and box and – yeah, wrestling's great, man. Building up, talk about like the toughest endurance you can get, man. That wrestling cardio is like so hard. I'm so like interested in those types of sports, like you're talking about, right? Like heavy cardio, boxing. Like I think boxing takes the cake in terms of cardio, which is nuts because I would have never thought that before, like having done wrestling. But just like one, having weighted gloves is huge. Like sure. you, you know anyone that's ever done like a Pilates class, they'll tell you like, Oh, three pounds is a lot. Like it's an insane amount. Right. And those guys are just constant. They skip and rope and feet moving like the whole time. And so, yeah, 
MMA people doing that. But like at the same time, anyone that's ever done track, I have a huge amount of respect for. Cause like everyone else's punishment is their entire sport. Right. Like just running. And then like swimming is also insanely um, impressive to me. And then like dance, like anything dance related is so impressive to me because it's like, it's just grace. It's like, can you control what you're doing and make everything look like proper, I guess, like for the lack of a better word. But yeah, isolating one part of your body like dancers do, yeah. you know, like just your rib cage, just your hips. Like, yep. I took a dance class at UNM, a hip hop dance class. Nice. Um, and I, I was terrible at it, but it was like me and four other dudes in the class and the rest were girls, mostly cute girls. There was one guy, which is a huge reason to do it in the first place, exactly. right? Yeah, that's why I was a theater major. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, there you go. Um, there's one dude, Trey, Trey Pickett, who's a professional dancer now. He's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. So he was in there. He was like a really good, even then. I mean, he had done hip hop, he had done ballet, he had done everything. And then, like, the three other dudes were like shy and like timid and like kind of insecure. And then I was like, I knew I was bad at it. Sure. But I was like, let's fucking do this. Let's have fun. And it, yeah. was, it was so much fun. Just like, letting myself go and just being goofy with it and um but yeah man dance every and and you talk about the cardio like a boxing um yeah boxing is like that you're constantly moving cardio yeah but that wrestling cardio is like it's spurts so it's like you gotta like be strong and quick and then like hopefully catch your breath for a little and yeah I it, did pro wrestling. Did you know I did pro wrestling? Legitimate, like uh, in the ring, Indie all that pro, stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I was a ring manager for two years. Okay, for my my buddy Ray Basura, the trash trash king, and okay, I would come out. I'd work the mic, and I grew up. Like I said, I grew up hooked on pro wrestling. It's what like led me into doing comedy, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd work the mic, get the crowd to hate us. We, you know, we were usually hills, and yeah, yeah. It was so fun. It just getting you it's a roast battle you're just roasting the other wrestler roasting the audience um and i worked with him for two years we traveled mostly southwest stuff and then he retired and i was like i'm not quite done with this and a couple of the local wrestlers started hitting me up for photo shoots so i talked to the the trainer and i was like yeah i'll trade you some photos for like a month to train with you and i trained with him ended up training with him another month and doing in-ring stuff, Lucha Libre type stuff is what I love, the yeah, high yeah. flying, because I'm still a little dude, like, um, and I was getting real into it, like, walking the ropes, you know, those jumps, arm drags, and then I'd only been training for, like, a month and a half, a little over a month and a half, and we did this spot where I did a backflip off the top rope. Okay. Jump to the top rope, jump up, sit on the rope, backflip, and land on your feet. Just learned it that night, and you have one guy that's, like, basing you, that's, like, holding your hand as you jump and you know your opponent but we're just training the move um and we did it in sections like jump to the second jump to the third cool jump to the second to the third sit down cool jump to the second third sit down they're gonna hold you and flip you cool all right you ready to do it i'm like yeah okay i think i got this i do it jump jump bam sit down i land it land the backflip i'm like i did it and then i go down right after that and broke my leg in four places oh shit are you serious yeah i broke my tibia in two spots and my fibula in two spots that so that's when we had the roast battle you're talking about the metal rod yeah in your leg like, yeah holy shit so that's how you did that yeah that's how i did it. a backflip off the top row i'd never broken a bone i did taekwondo for years mm-hmm. played soccer as a kid um never broken a bone and then i then i get like a real 
legit break. Yeah. I'm still a little fucked. My knee's still, like, a little jacked from it because they went in through the knee. Uh-huh. And uh, the leg's pretty much fine now, but the knee, like, when I'm at the gym, I'm yeah definitely favor my left side over everything. Is it your, uh, is it, like, the meniscus in there? Like, that? Is that, like, kind of torn down or, like? Um, I don't even know. I don't really, I haven't really even pointed, pinpointed it. Um, leg extensions are, like, really hard for me. Uh-huh. So when I'm doing leg extensions on the machine, I do, like, 20 pounds on my right leg. Gotcha. Um, and then squats are a little rough. And then just if I'm doing, like, hiking or anything, me and my girl went on a, a hike in Arizona. We were just in um, Tim, uh, not Tempe, in uh, Sedona. Okay. And she's like, there's this hike. It's listed as hard, but it's only a mile and a half round trip. Are you down to do it? Like, yeah, a mile and a half. Sure. So we get there at four. We woke up at 3.15. I think we got there at, like, 4.30. Still dark out. We had our little headlamps on. And like, cool, yeah, we got this. And, like, halfway up, it's just almost straight climbing. Oh, wow. Um, and she's just, like, <laughs> kicking my ass. And I'm like come on don't demasculate me yeah. she's all like way ahead of me just waiting on me and uh and it was weird my knee didn't hurt too bad but my hip hurt so i i'm like overcompensating yep. on the knee like yeah um so now at the gym i'm like i just started doing like uh incline treadmills and steps and just like i don't know i don't know if it'll ever be back to normal but that, that freaking sucks when how long ago was that about a year and a half ago okay so it it like I, I was worried that like oh this was like eight years ago i was like then it's like okay that's you know worrisome yeah. but you know year and a half that's that's not that long ago to where you could still probably make a full recovery you're like okay this doesn't exist as much right like the pain or yeah fatigue. um because yeah otherwise it's like dude that sucks like i thought you're gonna say it was a long while ago and i was like dude that sucks it feels <laughs> like, like it but i mean i'm probably just impatient like hopefully it gets back to normal but i'm like it's been a year and a half like, right yeah. i just want to be able to backflip again yeah <laughs> i mean i could never really backflip that was the first time I, in my life i'd ever backflipped yeah, yeah. but i did it yeah <laughs> and I broke it, my fucking it was leg. in four spots like so was it like i i'm gonna fuck up the word so like was it upper leg no like, down here okay so that down the on like the shin and tibia is like the big the shin bone got it that's the thick one and then the fibula is like the small bone on the side and both of them are just – luckily, it was a clean break. And I looked it up. Um, injuries happen a lot like this in football mm-hmm. um, and basketball too because it uh, happens when you, like, land and twist. And that's what mm. he said I did. They said that I did a backflip. I landed it. But as I landed, I twisted. Mm. And then it just – so they were – luckily, they were both clean breaks. breaks um, didn't tear any tendons or puncture skin or anything. But just, like, super solid – Two on the tibia, two on the fibula. Got it. And what sucked the most was the surgery because they, well, first they, still in the in the wrestling ring, and this was like the tail end of the pandemic, so like most things were still closed, still kind of on lockdown. Like we shouldn't have really been training, but it was also like that's oh, the same like seven dudes I'm seeing each week. Sure. Like yeah, yeah. Um, this pre vaccine, um, and so they, you know. My, my trainer, Gino, was like, do you want us to just carry you? Like, we can get you to the car. We can get you there faster than they'll get here. I was like, no. Fuck no. And so they call 911, uh, and, like, a fire truck is the first thing that shows up. Oh, jeez. And they're just, like, bored, checking in, like, in a wrestling ring. And then the paramedics come, and uh, they gave me uh, uh, 
fentanyl. Oh, okay. Give me fentanyl. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm good. I get in the ambulance and I'm just like teasing the girls in the ambulance, like flirting with them and uh, talking about how she's like, she did. She was backing up and she like hit the curb. Oh, I'm like, are you serious? Are you trying to like re-break my leg? <laughs> uh, but then I got there and it just, the surgery, they're like, we're going to try to get you in tonight. And then they didn't. The next morning, they're like, we'll try to get you in soon. And waited and waited. Finally got the surgery. Beforehand, the assistant comes up and he's like, okay, if he offers you a nerve blocker, like I would 100% recommend taking it. Yeah. It's up to you. Some people don't because they're afraid they're going to miss. But now they do like this ultrasound. They're going to hit it. And your recovery will be way quicker. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I get down there and they're like, all right, so he's not going to give you the nerve blocker. You're like, whoa. I was like, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> so, man, they put me under, had the surgery. I woke up still in the surgery room right afterwards and just in so much pain. I bet. And they had been telling me, like, you know, we'll up your meds. We'll give you more pain meds after this. And they're like, no, he didn't write you a prescription for anything else. I was on, like, a morphine drip, which isn't really shit. Sure. Um, and, of course, like, everyone at the hospital, like, trying to get pain meds. But I'm like, no, I legit need this. Yeah. And, oh, it was so bad. And the nurses, I'm sure they were short-staffed, but it was like they would come in like an hour late. I was supposed to be getting it every hour, and they'd come in like two hours, two and a half hours. I'm like, it's so much. It sucked. Yeah. But, dude, I uh, – not near like the severity, but um, when I was a sophomore in high school, I tore my ACL and meniscus. And, uh, yeah, like my ACL had been torn before. But it was like partial tear. And so like – and it, I also – when I originally tore my ACL, I was nine years old. So like oh, – man. Yeah, at that point, like you – you we could have done surgery, but like I wasn't done growing yet. So right. it's like you – like I, I, there's a possibility I could hinder my growth. And it's like someone told me, they're like, oh, dude, you'd be like walking like a peg leg like in circles. And I was like, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. So like I like put that off. All of a sudden, sophomore year of high school, uh, tore both the ACL and meniscus. I had surgery – I had the nerve blocker, like what you're talking about. And I couldn't imagine not taking that because it was like two or three days later, I could finally feel my toes again. Man. And like all of a sudden, like I felt my toes and I was like moving those. I was like, okay, sweet. And then it was like an hour later, like a little bit of pain crept in and I was just like dying. And I have yeah. a really low pain tolerance, like as is, like I'm a wuss when it comes to yeah. pain. So like I can only imagine what that would have been like not having that nerve blocker, Man. especially right after he tells you, like, hey, like, you should do this. All right, they're not going to. Yeah. Like, why would you tell me you that? You just hyped me up for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I just talked to one of my friends a couple weeks ago, and she said her mom got some surgery and got a nerve blocker, and this was, like, a couple months ago, and she still, like, can't feel her foot. Ah, yeah. And I'm like, tough. okay, well, then maybe it was good. <laughs> yeah, I was about you to say, say have one horror story. Yeah, exactly. How'd you tear, how'd you tear yours? It was wrestling, actually. Um, Well, like, the first time, it was, like, a a freak accident um, whole situation. But it was wrestling. um, And it was was weird because, like, um, it was, like, an event in Aztec that my uncle is the head coach of Aztec High. uh, But I wrestled for Farmington High. Um, So, like, my head coach always knew that I was going to be in the Aztec wrestling room just getting – more working and they were actually like really good friends so it, it didn't matter that i was there no one no one was like oh you're trying to recruit my kid like everyone was like yeah like that's his uncle whatever um and my cousin was there my cousin was four years older than me and so we were there like an hour and a half before anything started and we're we wrestled that whole hour and a half before 
um, just messing around, trying stuff, whatever. And then uh, Sholo High comes in from Arizona. We wrestle for like another hour, hour and a half, um, just like picking dudes apart. Like, hey, like you and me, cool. Like I'd get my ass kicked or kick some ass, whatever. Um, and then like my head coach had even left. And then there was like maybe like 10 people total in the room. And I like my dumb brain, I'm like, yeah, let's just keep going. Let's keep going. Um, and so this one kid was like, yeah, you and me, which like he wrestled for Aztec. There was no reason like for us to even be wrestling. We were just, just being kids, like getting extra mat time. Sure. Um, and so he goes like, it's called a back heel trip. Like you're supposed to step on the guy's heel. Like you're like behind just trying to pull him down to the mat. You're supposed to step on the heel. Cause then it keeps him from moving. And you just, it, it's also super safe when done correctly. Cause he didn't, he stepped across and the only way he could describe it is like my left leg was straight and he steps across. And so I like my leg bends sideways, like over his leg. Oh, man. And so, ah uh, man, in like that, like I could like as silly as that may sound, I could feel like my leg, like separate to an extent. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I just have a really low pain tolerance. Like, yeah. so I felt every bit of it and I just freaking out because of it like just an immediate like immediate pain it was terrible oh man yeah that sounds brutal yeah it just and it was just a freak thing like it was there's no like malicious intent by any stretch like no you know i I know the guy like yeah sure you know no no harm just yeah freak accident but yeah that one was nuts and like even then um because what i was 15 uh that took me like nine to ten months to recover from that acl is a long one yeah it was wild dude like mcl i I just listened to the ufc fight last week the dude they think he uh tore his mcl uh, and they were saying the mcl is generally more painful at first but it heals a lot faster i believe that um but yeah acl they just say is which is weird because like the acl like the the way the doctor explained it to me because I've, I've heard of tons of people tearing their ACL. Um, the ACL is not what causes pain. You'll feel it. You'll feel like, oh, I have less stability there. But the ACL, even after people have surgery, like a day or two after, they can be walking. Oh, wow. They He said it was the meniscus that was firing off pain. Okay. And I, I seriously didn't walk until like a week or two after the injury. And then like I didn't get surgery until like a month and a half later. And then because they sutured it, they carved one side, um, which I'm sure is going to cause problems later on, right? But the other side they sutured, and, like, that side they said – or, like, that side, because they sutured, I was non-weight-bearing for six weeks. Yeah. So, like, even though, like, nine months was, like, my recovery to, like, return for sports, I wasn't 100% because six weeks without walking or, like, just not putting weight on it, all they of a sudden – They had you at zero weight? zero oh, like I, yeah i wasn't doing anything for six weeks so that could like properly heal um and even on like week six like i like ripped off that band-aid quick i was like i'm walking like let's let's get back to it and it sucked because i was walking slow but even that probably wasn't smart it's like you just did six weeks off like you should probably He's still keep your it. yeah sure. i just dove right into that pool man i was like fuck it you yeah know? my my surgeon was like they had me with some weight pretty much from the beginning i never yeah. had a cast um that's i mean yeah it was weird interesting they, they had um like a bandage um but they never had a cast they said like they don't use them as much anymore because they want your your bone heals naturally without it 
something. I don't know. I was on sure, drugs. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, they had me. I went from a walker. And then in the walker, they were even like, put like a little weight. I think it started at like 10% or something. Put a little weight on your sure. toes. And and I was on that walker for a while, even like after the hospital. And they had me on two crutches and then one crutch and then a cane. Um, and then backflips again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, just a smooth progression to backflips. Yeah. <laughs> that is interesting. Did you have like, um, because it was in your leg, did you have like major swelling in your feet at all? Because mine, my foot like was swollen. Yeah, uh, I think so. I think my foot did get big. I don't totally remember, but I yeah, I think I, I think I did have a, a big foot. I had like a, I mean, fifteen years old. Like all of my buddies were making fun of me because I wasn't wearing like a sock for like two weeks. Yeah, so my foot got that big. Yeah, no, I, like, I no. definitely did have a big foot. I remember yeah, yeah. that because the socks. I had the hospital socks. Yeah. All big, yeah. And then I'd like put a normal sock on when I got out and it was just like way too tight, like yep. cutting off circulation of my foot. That was like the wildest part. I got made fun of that for a while. They're like, so I was like, just put a sock on. And like after like two weeks I could, but like, <laughs> and then it was like a week after I like started like putting shoes on. And I mean, I'm getting it as loose as possible. Like I, I started like taking laces out of my shoes, which was dumb because I'm like, I can't do laces. And then like, I started losing laces. So like I had yeah. like shoes and like my right shoe with laces, my left <laughs> shoe without them. I was like, ah, I feel like a fucking moron, but man, they cut the laces out of my shoe in the ring. And I, I remember being so mad because I had, oh. so it was a, it was winter time or fall, maybe fall, but I was in like, I had like tights on. And then I had these pants on that I really liked, just some, like, joggers. Sure. And then uh, my buddy who does collegiate wrestling had just given me a pair of boots. Nice. And uh, so I had I had wrestling shoes on, and they, like, cut the laces. They cut my joggers, cut my tights. I'm like, man. like Oh, you do it all at once, too. Like, <laughs> it takes zero time to do that, but then you're like, fuck, I liked all those yeah, things. Like, man. damn it. Oh, my gosh. You, okay, and just just from this short conversation we had, you seem like you constantly are willing to try different stuff. Have you always been that way? Like, you seem adventurous enough to like, oh yeah, let's give this a shot because that sounds yeah. fun. Yeah, I totally like variety. Um, you know, like and athletically, like I say, I've never I've never really been good at sports, but I like sports. Yeah, um, I'm very competitive in in everything that's supposed to be a competition like sure. i'm not really competitive in like life stuff or like sure. in general like with stand-up i'm not really competitive unless it's a contest or a battle sure then i'm like i fucking want to win yeah, yeah, yeah but even like <laughs> me and my girl were like we went to my niece's birthday party at chuck e cheese a few months ago and i'm like i gotta beat you i gotta beat you at every game we play yeah and we made a bet out of it and she's like i'm just having fun i was like yeah you're having fun i'm losing like, yeah. um yeah. but i uh as far as trying things, I just like variety. I like, I like different things. I started out at UNM as a theater major, um, but then I'm like, I also like really want to like study psychology, and I also really want to do communication and journalism, and I want to do film stuff. And I ended up doing the Bachelor of University Stud- Studies, which is like a, a, so, not a, a liberal arts degree type thing. Yeah, liberal yeah. arts, the one that's just a little bit of everything because yeah. I like, I like variety. So. Um, yeah, as far as just trying new stuff, it just keeps me like, especially when you're in the phase of like you're still new at something, but you you learn so much when you're new, like yeah. you progress so quick. Yeah. Um, now I'm doing a lot of photography, and I've always I've done graphic design since high school and and edited photos and stuff, but 
but actually like running a cam camera on manual settings i didn't really start playing with until the lockdown i have an awesome camera my buddy had given me so i got to like really experience shooting with that i got a new camera and just like seeing your progression when you're still pretty new but yeah. enough that you like have the basics down yep it's so cool um and i think that's kind of what i get like hooked on that that spot of of being where i'm like i'm progressing i'm progressing i'm progressing that's so tough too because like you know i love playing golf um and there's a huge difference in like handicaps right so you can get to like a 30 handicap you can get to 22 handicap etc like one summer i went from like a 22 handicap to like a nine and it's just you're right like early it's like oh you can progress so quickly yeah. just put in a little bit of time a little bit of effort but then like there's a major drop off in or, or it takes a lot more time to get from like a nine to like a five even yeah and it's like kind of plateau yeah and it's like and your progress looks so much smaller and takes so much longer to get like better at so i understand that like you know it's nice at the beginning trying something it's like okay like i got decently good at that and it's like it's tough when you do plateau to some extent you're yeah. like all right now it's time to like find something a little bit different totally man and that's kind of where i'm at like with comedy um I get, like, envious of the newer comics sometimes because I'm like, oh, man, like, they're, like, I remember being there and, like, yeah. being super excited, like, going on the road with your friends to go to an open mic in another state or a weekend of open mics. Yeah. It's so fun. There's been so about it. And, like, same thing. You see that progression week after week after week. Uh, but now I'm just, like, I go through phases with stand-up, and it's been a long time since I've been in this phase, but I, I hit this spot where I'm just, like, it's not coming to me. I'm not like super – I still love doing it. I love it when I'm yeah. on stage, but I'm not just like I got to get home and write. I got to go hit up every open mic I can. Yeah. I got to get as much stage time as I can. Um, And like I say, when I'm there, I love it. But even just trying different things as far as like the comedy scene goes or, or, or my comedy world, I like – I like stand-up. I also like improv comedy. I like sketch comedy. Yeah. Um, and they're all variations of comedy. And even breaking that down is for stand-up as far as, like, roast battles, theme shows, even as much as, like, a five-minute set versus doing a 30-minute set. Yeah. different styles. So there there are ways to, like, kind of cheat and find those variations within something once you start plateauing. And um, I like that. I like Dry Heat's doing fun shows like sarah's always been about like you know gimmick shows and um theme shows and stuff and uh, i just started they're, they're doing projector shows oh a slideshow yeah. yeah yeah and i used to have like a whole projector set i would do I, I would come up it happened when i was in chicago and i uh just had writer's block and i just started like brainstorming and writing these things that turned into like one panel sketches mostly or like one panel comics yeah and I had my buddy, Bruce, who's an artist, like sketch them out for me. And so I would do a whole show where I would do like a one-liner or a short joke and have a projection of the image up behind me. So that would be part of the joke. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like really excited that they're set up to do that. And like those type of things excite me. Like what can I do that's like new and different? A lot of stand-ups, you know, don't like the gimmicky stuff. Like, uh, like that guy uses a puppet. Uh, this guy does magic comedy. And I'm like – Man, if you're funny and you if throw something funny, in it, yeah. It's funny, man. Like I I 100% agree in like the fact of like it's funny. And 
back to like the roast battles of like what i love about it is that it's just different and what universally people love the idea of two people talking shit right and you're also not like burning material like that material is done and gone like it it won't be done again yeah. like and it's just something that it's it's a rush to do it right so in the same way that you're talking about like yeah other people can can knock certain things but it's like yeah but if you're funny who cares sure. like i i still am a fan of comedy first and i have to like remind myself of like i enjoy this first that's why i want to try it but like it can't get a, like it can't get so ahead of me that like i don't enjoy it anymore and i i am very interested to see how that like projector show goes because yeah like if it's funny it's funny like yeah. that's that's fun to me at that point it's fun to watch different stuff the gong shows the you know the roast battles watch the slideshow i haven't been to a theme night yet so like that sounds like a good time yeah but it's like i also just like i really appreciate when people are creative just creative and it's like ah didn't think of it that way yeah, i something love seeing original that. yes see and having done stand-up so long it's tough because you see the same the same premises the same topics sure um and it's hard like i write stuff sometimes and i'm like yeah like this is just another sex joke or like yeah. um and like seeing all of that so i do like the gimmick shows do you want another one by the way sure yeah um different flavor same flavor. yeah surprise me Mango, huh? We're getting wasted here. Dude, I uh, I got nothing else going on. So it's like, <laughs> when are we gonna start recording? Yeah, we're uh, we're going right now. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah. I shouldn't have cussed so yeah. much. <laughs> My parents are listening. Oh, dude. Uh, um, hide your kids. Hide your wives. <laughs> but yeah, I like I I like the gimmicky stuff because often it's like cool. That's different. Like you're playing a violin and you're telling jokes over a violin. Like, yeah. Sweet. Uh, the roast battles I like doing because it is writing is was always like one of my favorite parts and yeah. just the past couple of years i've been lazy with writing i just like yeah. am not motivated to write and so when i have a roast battle it's like a very specific topic yep. um it's uh sometimes you know you you know the person sometimes you don't like i didn't know you at all yeah you introduce yourself at first Fridays. I'm like, oh man, like he's cool i kind of wanted yeah, him to be a dick it's, like, the, it's the worst <laughs> man you you meet someone you're like god damn it like people are cool and you're like fuck okay like yeah. i guess i gotta try to make fun of you now i like, gotta do this yeah exactly um but yeah yours is the first one that I, I didn't know at all i have one or two other so the two that i've lost was to ronzi okay um and uh oh, damn it what's his friend's name the the other ronzi he doesn't he hasn't been doing them lately but they're hip-hop dudes they rap together yeah um and they're both I love Ronzi. And I I mean I guess I'm probably the same way. But they're both just like plain white dudes. Like I don't know them well enough to know yeah. anything. I'm like I Ronzi even wore like all white kind of. He was like totally just wore like the most basic clothes that was like you can't roast this. It's like a white yeah. t shirt and jeans or like um but my, the ones I've had like so much fun with are people that I do know well. Yeah. My very first one, and actually Ronzi's first time throwing the roast battles, we were at a Pink Rhino. It's okay. like a restaurant and a bar, a weird restaurant and a bar, and like a th vintage dash thrift store kind of thing. Yeah, I've heard of this, it was but like, I've not seen it. It was cool. I mean, it was fun doing this there. The, the, the they're weird, man. The owners of the spots are like. They're very nice. Yeah. Very weird. Um, 
so we did this and I was battling Troy Wilson and like for a while me and Troy had some beef because he had like got kicked off of a tractor open mic for doing like pedophilia jokes and you just being Troy and they sure. called me and they're like can't book him for this and I was uh, that had happened with the other comics like Mike's getting shut down because some comics like we get entitled and we think we own this and like yeah it's free speech I talk about it I'm gonna yell at this person that's walking by that's not paying yeah. attention and then venues get shut down so I posted a thing I didn't name him but everyone like knew it was him and so we had some beef for a while and this wasn't like we weren't really like we didn't hate each other at this point but there was sure. still that kind of tension yeah so it was actually kind of fun to like roast somebody that i was like okay i actually want to roast this dude right and then um that one was fun and then my next one was with kendra brand and we had like dated we're good friends yeah um so we knew each other well that was like the opposite and that was fun because i like i knew i could like cut deep on her and, like, yeah she'd be good with it and um but I love the writing exercise. And so it's like such a nice exercise. Yeah. It's so nice to have like to some extent what bothers me and like what I what I liked was you you and Trip did like the same stuff and I told Trip the same thing is like you kept it simple. And I feel like a lot of people they just like dive into someone's past or like they have such a long joke with like not a whole lot there. And like the way like I even told like Zach Abeta was like it's just like having a firework with a really long fuse and not a huge pop it's like no one wants a, a firework that's has this nine foot long fuse and then just barely pops right and it's wait, like wait yeah and so many people do that where like it's like oh the more you have the better it's like the more jokes you have the better but if you don't have like jokes in between like if you're not hitting quickly like it's not it's not funny so like i i think it is good for a lot of people to write something specifically and write it quick like be be quick to the trigger but like also use just enough you know what i mean yeah yeah and this one's fun too because i haven't been able to do them since they moved to rebel because i host a uh, geeks who drink trivia on wednesdays and it's always the oh, okay same time. yeah um and so last time i did it all the ones i've done have been five five rounds or five jokes instead of three gotcha um and so, like, I had been writing, and, you know, I kind of do, like, a quantity to start out with, just right. any little thing I can think of. Um, and I did, man. I would, like, like go to sleep and then wake up and, like, think of a joke for you and be like, sure, I got to write this gotta down. Got to write it down. You um, have to write those yeah. down. Yeah. And so then when they told me just three, I was like, oh. But then I was able to take a bunch of those I had written and, like, tie them Condenser, together. Yeah. Yeah. And then I love the, um, the rebuttals. So it's like rebuttals don't count as towards your joke. So if you say right. something, I can throw off it. And I try to, um, I love the improv stuff. Like I'm usually like generally pretty good at being quick. Yeah. yeah. But I also, for these, I try to think of shit that my opponent's going to say to yeah. me. And so then I'm like, okay, how can I add this? And I had a few, um, you had, you had me at the, the eyebrow piercing, the piercing one. The, that was the I, one I was like, yeah. if he goes to my eyebrow. Yeah. And it was, it was one of those that like, that one was such a, uh, I was so close to like not doing it. Cause I was just like, it didn't make a ton of sense. I was just like, all right, if I throw enough, like bad shit at the wall, maybe it's funny. But like, <laughs> try to like race past it even then. Cause I was like, I, I, I'm a, I'm a big believer that like anything can be funny, but also be prepared that if you say like fucked up shit and it's not funny, like you're going to get more backlash. Right. Like I'm very, I'm very much so like, if it's funny, you get a pass, but 
make it funny. Don't just say something fucked up just because it's fucked up. Right. Like that's that's not fun for anyone. So right. like when I said that, I was like, all right. I was like, let's just move past that. The one that because like my my mom's boyfriend, my mom showed up, which was hilarious because she was like. She thought everything was going to be fine. She's heard me say, like, messed up, whatever. Man, I wish I would have known your mom was there. Dude, <laughs> dude, I'm so glad you didn't because <laughs> afterwards she was like, yeah, she was like, during it, she like, it took everything in my power to be like, that's not true. And I was, just like, <laughs> I was like, mom, it's all jokes. It's all jokes. We're just, you know, joking around. But the one that, you know, my mom's boyfriend uh, recorded it and the one that made them laugh the hardest was the Joe Rogan comment. And even on stage, I was like, motherfuck. Like, how, like, I was like, I should have known that was, like, coming. Like, <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, oh, you had hilarious stuff. I was really glad one of your last ones, you did, like, like a pedophilia-type reference. Yeah. Uh, what was the joke? What was the joke? I, I was like, oh, you volunteered. Which is, like, so funny because I was like I, – I, like, I, I get, like, stuck in, like – I get stuck in the mud sometimes with, like – I was like, ah, but you didn't, like, actually volunteer. And I'm like – no, it doesn't, doesn't fucking yeah i was about to say i was like i just called the guy a pedophile like what like like oh that's the creative like like nonsense that's gonna get people to be like ah that's not funny because it's not true it's like okay none of it's true like right. just just fuck around right so um but i was like yeah i was like we let i was like it's surprising that we let rusty do this because we just let we let someone microdose pedophilia yeah yeah and yeah, i was yeah. like and then uh, I was like, oh, yeah, like you're uh, just the name Rusty sounds like a guy from Cars who preys on Mini Coopers. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, that's that was yeah. great. And I was so glad you did that because my my closing joke was a pedophilia joke. Yep. And that was like my favorite joke that I wrote. And my girlfriend was like, no, don't do that. You can't do that. That's uh, no. You absolutely like, have to. I was like, oh, I'm doing this and I'm closing with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when um, Isabel was like the the judge was like. Rusty had me until the underage pussy joke. So I want to see one more. I was like, you want to see one more underage pussy? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. so mad her mics were off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, was, I forgot she said, oh, that yeah. was so good. You want to see one more underage <laughs> pussy <What>? joke? <laughs> and I was like, I was uh, I was really glad you did one first because I'm like, cool, okay, now. Okay, yeah, this. it opens like, it up, right? Yeah. That's one thing that like I do appreciate about like Buck is like, I feel like he tries to say some like, fucked up shit just so other people feel like comfortable doing so yeah yeah and because like i the very first time i did it i went against this guy prophecy and um he was a black guy and i said because he does magic and i was like i was like this guy is actually a great magician when he was a young kid he made his father disappear and then i was like some call it an illusion some call it like spiritual i was like i just call it black magic and like <laughs> the funny. whole time i was like i had not like I, I didn't write that much so i was just like ah, i was like i don't know if this is too fucked up i can't think of something on the spot and then like other people were saying like even wilder shit i was like okay like yeah, i felt better we're about good. it yeah because like i think that's the best part about the roast battles it's like everyone kind of is like okay it's this is all fun like yeah that's all it is like we're you know we say some obnoxious shit but it's it's not the other part of that is like you ultimately can't care what your opponent thinks you have to think what the crowd is gonna think if the crowd thinks it's funny you're good totally it's like you like if you offend your opponent it's like okay like it like it sucks but at the same time like they also signed up to make fun of you you're like it, oh yeah it's such a it's such a fun dynamic yeah yeah and that's my thing is like like, I'm not all about, like, insult comedy on stage 
like in general i don't do i don't i mean i do i roast my friends a little bit sure like if it's your friends you know them but a lot of times like brand new comics will roast somebody and it'll be like i remember actually i remember was years ago but i think like jamar like roasted matt peterson on stage but jamar was like brand new no one knew who he was yet so he hadn't like earned it like he wasn't friends with Matt, and matt was like I don't know what the fuck his problem is. And now I think I'm sure Matt's cool with him. Sure. Doesn't yeah. care anymore. But it's like when you're friends with someone and you roast them. But the battles are like, yeah, exactly. You both signed up for it. Yep. You're going there to get like torn apart. And then you like you shake hands and have a drink afterwards. Like, yeah. I was like, fun. that, and it, yeah, again, it's like the, the competitor in you wants to win. Like, you, you know, you're like, I want to win this ultimately. But it was very early on that's like, I, I won the first battle I did because the guy like just didn't write anything beforehand. He thought it was like make stuff up on the spot. And I don't know. He, he probably, which sucks. Cause like, he's probably like, ah, oh, like if I would have known that I would have, you know, done a little bit better or whatever. Sure. But I can tell you from being in that spot, like I had written jokes and they worked and it just felt like I had just like buried the guy. And that also doesn't feel great. Right. Like <laughs> ultimately like you and trip both like, I lost both, but we put on a good show. Yeah. And it's like, totally. that's what you want. You want that, like, back and forth where it's like, oh, these guys are just going at it. Like, no, like it's like the same thing. Like, nobody wants to see, like, a UFC fight where someone just gets their ass kicked, the to- like, the whole right. time. Or that they don't do anything. Like, you don't want that. You you just want to see haymakers thrown. It's like, that was the best part of that. It's like, I just felt like the whole time you and I went. Like, it was just laughs. Yeah. Like, laughs, yeah. laughs, laughs. And it's like, Back that's all you can... Yeah, it's all you can like ask for. like, good, concise jokes. Never just, like, drawn out. Dude, the... You had that one. There was another one that you had that I was just like... I, like, I heard how, like, everyone else laughed. And I was just like, mother fuck. I was like... <laughs> I, like... The the funny part of, like... uh, You know, my name being Tierney, not spelled the same way, obviously. But, like, I got... I've gotten that my whole life where people are like... Oh, is it like a tyrant? And I'm like, no, like it's not. <laughs> but like when I named this podcast, I didn't assume that people would just be like making fun of it. So like when you're like escaping tyranny, you're like, I didn't even write that. He did that. <laughs> like, that part was just like, yeah, like I, I have nothing else like, to say to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that one. I, the funny thing is too, like I had listened to an episode, or maybe it was maybe it was before. But it wasn't until like the last minute I really thought the name of it was Escaping Tyranny. Yeah, tyranny. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that like I'd written the joke, was like, and then I was like, oh, oh, it is escaping tyranny. Oh, well, it still works. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It. yeah, no, it was perfect. <laughs> it was just like that that whole like bit of it. I was just like, god damn, and like, uh it it is. It's just so like I think that's the the part that people miss too is like ultimately like if you're gonna tell something about like them like from their past or like anything like that you got to make it concise because like ultimately like your subject is right there like like the slideshow right you wouldn't like dive deep into like the subject matter but you just go oh this is it this yeah. this is my this is the subject and i'm just gonna make fun of this right and like if you can do that really well and that's like, important that's to carry in, into general stand-up too like i think that's yeah, why it's this great ex- exercise because i'll have like I, I love a good storytelling comic. Yeah. Um, someone that can uh, tell a story and be funny consistently throughout. We just saw, uh, fucking a, not Tom Segura. What's uh, Bert Kreischer? Bert Kreischer. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, so good. One of my cool. favorites. Great like, storyteller. And um, he's amazing at it. 
but I feel like especially like a lot of new comics want to tell stories because yeah. like, I, I have this funny story that happened and usually what it turns into is like build up, build up, build up. It's that it long is. fuse again. It's like, yeah, yeah, like you, the attention span of a comedy crowd isn't that long. Like they're yeah. not here to hear, hear this. They want punch, punch, punch. And, um, if you can like tell that story, but have a laugh, you know, every two sentences or you, like you can go off on a tangent and come back and like, right. um, I love it when it's done well, yeah. but it's hard to do well. And so a, a lot of times I'll be writing and I'll write a bit and I'm like, Oh, this is like, I like this. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's several sentences. And then it, I work it a few times and it ends up being like turning down to like a one liner by the end. Yep. Cause I'm like, Oh, they don't need all that. Yeah. They just need this and this. Like this, like one minute joke turned into a twenty second joke or yeah. a ten second joke. It's one of those things too that like I've I've uh, accepted that, um, I've accepted that like write everything down. Like where you say like you woke up, you're like I gotta write this joke down. Like I've completely accepted that I'm not remembering anything, and I yeah. feel like a lot of people don't do that. Where it's like yeah. I'll remember this. I'll remember. It's like no, you won't. You're not going to remember this. Like this, this is pure to like this moment. Right. So just write it down. Just write it down. Like, cause what happens if you don't write, like if you write it down and it goes to nothing, so be it. But like, you don't know if you don't write it down. Yeah. Um, and what I've accepted too, is that like, just because I thought I was like, Oh, that's really funny. It's like, that doesn't mean it has to be the whole joke. Like that could be a tag, but at least I wrote it down. It's like, ah, like that. I like to incorporate this here or whatever. It's like, you can find funny in all of it. The thing that annoys me is like then when someone's like, oh, like I have this hilarious story. I think I'd be great at stand up. It's like, okay, tell me your story. And they're like, okay, so it's me and Jimmy. It's like, who's Jimmy? It's like me and my friend Jimmy. It's like, okay. I was like, like, and then they're like, oh, but I knew him from this. It's like, okay, I didn't need to know that. Like, yeah. none of that's funny to the story. It's like, yeah. I, I like, you see that too, where people like try to tell like this huge elaborate story. And it's like, you find out it's funny between your friends, but right. you're not relating it to an audience or you're not cutting down the fat of it or like yeah you know what i mean and it's I'm, a fun little party story exactly it's so interesting like how like what is funny and like conversation may not be like funny on stage totally and and just the stuff of writing things down all the time i wish i was better at it now because i used to be great at it but i carry a notebook in my pocket all the time for that reason i still go old school i got evernote and stuff too but yeah uh i i remembered like just being in that spot to where you're writing it down, but then you're also looking for stuff all the time, yeah. which is a cool place to be in as always looking for funny situations. Yeah. Um, so like when I'm at the bank and I could be annoyed because this person in front of me is taking forever and this old lady is asking all these questions that aren't relevant. But instead, I'm like, this is funny. This is so yeah. weird. This dude, this dude at Dollar Tree the other day um, – I think like a homeless trans girl. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I had like just gotten in line and I just looked over to my right and she flips me off. And I just like smile like cuz like I thought this was funny and then like like she kind of started laughing and then like the lady in front of me, this older lady in front of me, was like, "Did you see that?" And I was like, "Jesus bless them." Like there's so many different, and it was just a situation where like I wasn't mad, yeah. And I'm like, I'm wondering if they were stealing something, or if they're just used to getting dirty looks. I don't know. I had just glanced, 
and they flip me off. Um, so instead, like when you're doing comedy and you're in your mindset to yeah. always look for funny stuff, it's a really cool place to be in. Yeah. Same with photography. Like now with photography, I'm always looking for that cool shot. And it could be like walking down my alley and there's like uh, oil spilled on the ground, but it looks really cool. I'm like, that yeah. would make a cool photo, even if I don't have my camera. Like you're always aware of that. It's so interesting the way that you say that, like of like a camera. Because like I've never met a photographer that's like, you know, you're like, oh, you should take a picture of that. Like you, you would never tell a photographer that because odds are they've already taken 50 of like that puddle or they like the back out or like whatever because it's like – what's a memory card you know what i mean like who gives it like yeah. let me take as many freaking yeah. pictures as possible and it's like that's so true of like dude pick up everything that you can right pick, up, pick like you don't know what's like funny out of that or like there's so many people i think that like get wrapped up into the emotion of it right so like the lady in front of you being like what's what's going on with that it's like i could be wrapped up in emotion be like i can't fucking believe this happened like yeah. mad it's like or you could just go it's actually kind of ironic or like how like how does this fit like yeah like you're saying like looking for it, it's like god you gotta like you gotta just grasp all of it yeah take all of it into account that day i was very much like this is just weird man i was i was at dollar tree on fourth street like just north of the freeway all the windows are boarded up and i'd seen someone post on facebook that they went there and they had just been robbed and i know they were robbed like a week before that yeah other ones were boarded up and then like as i'm in line after that happens there's another dude, you know, like super like tatted up, wearing his wife beater, like all like thugged out. And he just walks out and the security guard like looks up at the person at the register and was just like, oh, he only had one thing. <laughs> They're like, he just stole one thing. I'm not going to chase him. And I'm yeah. just like, yeah, we're just, that's just where I am. Like it's, it's like a hood Dollar Tree. Yeah. And I love me some Dollar Tree, but I'm like, I like could die here today i'm like risking my life to <laughs> yeah. spend a dollar 25 on like whatever it is i'm buying that's <laughs> that's also insane that they're like like yeah he, he stole one thing it's like it is a dollar yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's only I, one dollar that same dollar tree once uh or I, i'm gonna say a different dollar tree no this guy can't work there anymore it was over three months ago i don't want to get the dude in trouble but uh i went there and I was buying – I bought, like, two things of wrapping paper and some tissue paper. I, I think I had, like, four things. Sure. And uh, I, like, got there. I got in line. And I was kind of in a hurry this time. I got up. And then dude's like, oh, man, my register just went down. He's like, oh, this happened again. I'm sorry, sir. And he's like, is that all you're getting? I was like, yeah. He's like, just go. Just, just go. go. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like, told me to just leave with it. I'm like, sweet. Oh, dude. That's so funny because you got to think, like, the, the shrink on that store – can't be can't be massive they're like like you imagine you get to the end of the month and they're like Phew. they're like we we got robbed a lot this yeah. month. they're like like how much are we down we're like we're down 80 dollars yeah. <laughs> like, it's so much yeah. like it's it's so much stolen but it's 80 dollars worth they're like jesus they're like yeah 80 dollars at a movie theater is a bag of popcorn <laughs> right <laughs> they're like oh we're good we yeah. just lost 80 items <laughs> yeah i was about to say oh that's funny <laughs> it's just like yeah and that's like that's the other thing too is like just the the amount of perspective there is or like you know oh this is this guy's perspective this is this guy's perspective or like how people see that do you have like any other like writing exercises like anything that you're like this is what i like to do like when i want to be creative or if like i, I find writer's block do you have any like writing exercises like that um not really man i just kind of go for it uh i can say but i've been 
doing Santa for a long time and I have tons of notebooks. So sometimes I like to go through old notebooks. Yeah. I run a open mic every Thursday at Side Effects Comedy Bingo. And last night I just took a notebook with jokes that were like about 12 years old. And I'm like, I'm going to see if I was funnier then than I am now. I just like read, (laughs) I I read them. Um, But sometimes like some of those jokes, I was like, oh, I forgot about this one. Oh, this is this one's funny. Some of them I was like, this is so stupid. This is bad, yeah. But I was like, this is funny. I could incorporate it back in. So I do like revisiting old stuff. Um, and generally with writer's block, it just comes down to like just writing, making yourself yeah. do it, letting them be dumb, putting it on the paper. Like you say, it's unlimited. Yeah. You know, we got a Word document is like three kilobytes. Yeah. Um, and so just like put it down, put all the dumb stuff. Because... Um, same with photography like take all the photos because yeah. you don't know this one i didn't think was going to be anything the clouds are really cool i'm going to turn this into something yeah same with writing uh when i was in so when i started comedy stand up i always did character stuff when i was new i did um well very new i didn't and it was terrible and then i got into character and i would do rusta rhymes was my big one so i might like, yeah, want to yeah. be gangsta from the northeast heights thinks he's thug but he's like a middle class white dude um and that's i would do this character and people would be like they they were like you're really ballsy the things you're doing on stage are really ballsy and then eventually it became for me it was the opposite it, this was like my safe space yeah. it wasn't ballsy for me at all i was like if they didn't like it, they didn't like Russ Arrives. It's not that they didn't yeah, like me. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had done that. I moved out to Chicago. I had still just done characters as stand-up. Um, and I was out there, and I was just like, man, I remember like when I started this, all of it was to entertain me. It was like, what do I think's fun? Like, yeah. I just want to go have fun and be funny. That's huge. Yeah, and so I was like, I'm going to like do these things. And, and I, I would. I was in Chicago. It was the first time I ever experienced depression and anxiety. Like, mm-hmm. I never had any of that. And I would like – get nauseous anytime i would go to do something like go to meet somebody mm. or like if i if i had friends in town hanging out i'd like feel like i was gonna be sick and it was anxiety and it was weird i didn't know what it was, it was yeah like, and finally once i got insurance they gave me meds it's like oh cool that worked um but i was also broke it took me a long time to find a job so for a while my entertainment was like going to the coffee shop getting a refillable cup of coffee and just writing brainstorming and i wrote like just dumb things the first thing i wrote was writer's block and then i drew a block and then i wrote like um ponytail and i drew like a dude's face from a profile view with like a pony's ass coming out of it and then the (laughs) tail um and then i wrote like shrimp cocktail and it was like a shrimp with its cock and then a tail on the cock yeah. and an arrow pointing at it. So I like did these weird just little things because I had writer's block. And that's when I like I did so many of them. I was like, oh, these would be cool as like a, a on stage, but like you have to see them. Yeah. And and so that's when I was like, oh wait, why don't I do like visuals on stage to go with the jokes? And so I it's not like I I didn't set out to like, okay, cool, I'm going to go write this visual comedy show that's going to be projected. Right. It just was like brainstorming, writing things. I wouldn't have predicted that. And I'm like, oh, oh, this could be really cool. And I like did that that gimmick for a while and it was so much fun. Like I want to do more of that. I love doing like projector stuff and like I love messing with people on like Facebook and Instagram and like – people that especially if they insult me first but sometimes even if they just say like really dumb things on a public post or like 
just like being able to to go in on them, but usually not in a way that's just like you're an idiot. Right. More like clever and just like, but then projecting that onto the wall and like doing jokes with that. I don't know. Just letting yourself like word vomit onto paper can turn into something really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Or not, and if not, whatever. But maybe it will. So like, let it happen. What's the most fun you've had online doing that? Like messing oh, with somebody. Uh, it probably had to be Teabagger Barb. Teabagger Barb was a long, ongoing thing I had with this lady. I have no idea how we became Facebook friends of initially. She had added me. Um, and she was this super, like, teabagging, like, super right-wing, but it was, a uh, Oh, teabag. Teabag, okay. yeah, teabagging. <laughs> Yeah, that's not a true well, anymore. Well, but. I was gonna say I was like tea, like tea party, like I got it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, tea party. I was, I was like, where are we getting to where she tea bags? I, like, <laughs> I got you. Okay. Yeah, I, like, I had a whole. It took me way too long. <laughs> <laughs> it turned into a whole series with her, and like again, this was nothing that was planned. It was just this lady would just say, and I it was during the um, Obama administration. But she would just like post all this just like ridiculous conspiracy theories or whatever, like fuck the left stuff, always so mad. And so what I would usually do is like comment on her stuff and just pretend to be more conservative than her and oh, like pretend to be offended that it. she wasn't far enough. <laughs> and so like <laughs> we like became kind of like fake friends, but she was doing the dumbest stuff. So I always do all these things and then I'd screen capture it, I screenshot it. And then I'd share it on my Facebook, but I'd block her from seeing it because, you yeah, know, you yeah. can block people. Right. So I would do that. And this went on for, like, a few years. I would post them on my Facebook. I'd post them on my website. And I had, like, a following that was, like, I can't wait to see what you do next with Teabagger Bar. Teabagger Bar. <laughs> and then once I, like, had a really, like, fucked up one. I don't remember what it was. And I forgot to block her on oh. it. And she saw it. And I think she followed the link to my website oh. and saw that I'd been doing this for, like, three years just messing with it. Oh, dude. <laughs> I had, like, a Teabagger Barb hashtag you could click. And it would show everything on my website that was, like, me messing with her. And uh, she blocked me, and I was like, no, this was, like, golden. This is so good, yeah. And so I ended up creating a uh, – oh, I remember. I created a separate account, um, a new Facebook with the name James Ritchie, and my profile pic was, like, an American flag and a bald eagle and, like, oh, just dude. everything. And then if you scroll through my pictures, there were actual photos – but James Ritchie is Kid Rock's real name. Got and so it, it was like uh, I was just like going to friend all these conservatives, including Teabagger Barb, and just do a really long game. So I, I was yeah. going to do a slow game of like actually befriending them, actually like winning them over, yeah. and then like eventually turn them. But Facebook pulled it after like a couple weeks because they realized James Ritchie was Kid Rock and I wasn't really Kid Rock. And right. Like, ah. But I was like – I get into those things some nights when I'm like, I should be working. I should be doing something to make money. But instead, I'm going to spend like three hours. Because it's fun to you. Yeah. At that point, it's like, <laughs> this is this is fun. Yeah. Like, ah, that is that is so rich. I love that. The, <laughs> I love that. Uh, there was uh, I like, it was maybe like four years ago. My girlfriend at the time had like pointed out to me that like, oh, no, there's like legitimate flat earthers. Like. People that truly oh, yeah. believe the earth is flat. And I was like, 
no, they don't. I was like, that's obnoxious. That's like ridiculous. And so between like her and I, it became a huge joke. So like I would post stuff like, you know what? I'm actually on the belief that it's cubed. So like it is still 360, (laughs) but it's like flat on all sides. Right. And so like we would like joke about that. Well then, uh, like it like dropped for a while. Right. And then, um, I finally got to like a point where I was like, Oh, this is so, it just is so funny to me. That, like, people legitimately believe the earth is flat. Like, yeah. I think it's so, so funny. Yeah. And so I watched the um, Behind the Curve documentary on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it. Mm-mm. If you haven't, I highly recommend it. Um, it's just – it's it's people that truly believe the earth is flat. And it, like – Netflix, it was so poetic. They, they have the very end um, – I, I, like, I hate being like, oh, it's a spoiler. It's like, what, the spoilers? The earth is round? Like, what are you talking <laughs> – so – it's not a spoiler, but like they, um, you know, they come to like the end of it and they like, they have the first ever like flat earth. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, where they all meet up or conference. So they have like this huge flat earth conference and, um, you know, it's just like it, the, the music is going to where it's like, this is the end. Like, I don't know. Is it flat? Like they like, they're like building it up that way and the screen goes black and it's like six months later and there's this guy who's like, yeah, he's like, we're, you know, we're trying to bring like a scientific approach to this. He, he really believes earth is flat. So he's like, if we go over water three miles, we have two boards, both boards have a hole six feet above or 10 feet above or whatever. If the earth is flat, we should be able to just point a light and you should see through. It's like, and it's very, he's very true. Like that should work. He's like, if it's curved, we should have to hold it up way high above our heads so that you can see the light. They can't see it. They can't see it. They can't see it. He's like, hold the light up. And then the light appears in the camera. And he just goes, huh. And then it cuts (laughs) the credit. And at that moment, at that moment, I bought a Flat Earth Society shirt. Because I was like, I just think it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. So, like, Twitter, um, New Mexico State loses their last basketball game. I'm a huge New Mexico State fan. And I would, like... And all my friends know that, like, I just post about flyers stuff. Like, I just think it's so funny. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, I was like, and I'm drunk. I'm like, like, I don't care if we lost. Like, you know, I, I love this team to the ends of this flat earth. Well, this guy, like, tweets back. He's like, are you insane? It's someone I don't know. It's like it's as <laughs> if he just got on Twitter and started looking up flat earth. Right. Like, and I just go back and forth. Like, and I, I mean, I just say the dumbest shit. Because it's like, it is the dumbest thing you can, like, throw arguments against and people are like okay then you're just fucking stupid because it's like they're like how is it flat it's like prove it's round it's like i love when people are like dude have you not seen images from this it's like they're doctored like i (laughs) I just photoshop yeah i was about to say like for like an hour of like 15 tweets back and forth of just like it's flat bro like i don't know what you want from me and then he's like you're probably a religious nut and i was like and god bless bro i was like i'll pray for you like you should know it's flat and like he finally just like left it alone but i was like god damn it because i love that of like going back and forth with someone on something so stupid yeah. like that. it's the fucking best my cousin is like the biggest conspiracy theorist i know and I've heard – I haven't heard it from him directly, but I've heard from one of his buddies. He was like, I got to stop hanging out with your cousin, man. Like I think he's a flat earther, um, but it's everything. Like from Bigfoot, which like, okay, Bigfoot. Sure. He's a 9-11 truther. So 9-11 didn't happen. Um, anytime there's a school shooting, like instantly, he's like, it's a false flag. Uh-oh. Like this is all just like everything. Um Every little any conspiracy you could hear, because I'm like I'm sure some conspiracies are real. That's why I like. Right. But his was just every one, 
and he just ran for sheriff. Oh. Uh, he just ran for sheriff, Bernalillo County. He didn't. He didn't make it past the primaries. And I love. I love the dude. Like he's my cousin. He, he's a good dude. He's got a good heart. But man, believes every single conspiracy. And it's like once you believe everything, like you're devalued. Yeah. Like yeah. Nothing has weight anymore. Do you have any like conspiracies that you're like I could I could see this or like is there any that you sort of subscribe to? Um. I don't know. Uh, well, uh, I guess I guess sometimes I just get like caught in government stuff. I like, of course, the government's corrupt, and of course, like yeah. money runs everything, and there's yeah. just so much they hide from us that we don't know. So sometimes there's things so, where it's like, yeah, I think that's fair, right? Like sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Right. That that yeah. I think is completely fair. Sure. Um, like all the CIA trials, like with LSD back in the day that oh, people yeah. didn't know about, and um, so. In the, I, I can't think of a, anything specific right now, but yeah. like sometimes I hear things and I'm like, oh, yeah, that probably checks out. Like there, sure. there's obviously we don't know anything, and that's what I think everybody wants to like. So many people are just like, I know everything. I'm like it's this is this is the way it is. I'm like we don't know shit. Yeah, and it's fine, and like yeah, we can strive to like learn more. I think that's cool, but sure. we don't know. Yeah, the the one that like, uh. I, the way I tell people this is, like, it's not like I've, I've gone down a rabbit hole or anything like that. It's just, like, it, if we didn't go to the moon, it has no effect on my life. Right. Like, so, like, I'm, I'm like, 50-50 on that one. If we went to the moon, cool. I know. We, I saw your astronaut drinking a uh, Heineken on the moon. I didn't plan this out, but, like, yeah, like, <laughs> the, the astronaut with a beer. He's like, got a poster up with an astronaut holding a, a beer, chilling on the moon. Which, like, looking two- at the round earth. Yeah, looking at the round earth, which obviously it's fake. But yeah. the uh like like I didn't plan this out, but he's like he's got his feet kicked up and stuff, and then I have my Ferris Bueller one right above it. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I need another one of someone like yeah. kicked back. Like I need like a corona poster, like with someone like on a beach, right? Like I need something to like yeah. oh, this is leisure corner. Like that's what I need. Like again, didn't plan it out that way. It's just all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I was that's like they're great. both they're both lined up like that. Yeah, that works. But, they're both just chilling. Yeah. The, uh, Maybe like, that's Ferris Bueller as an astronaut. The only thing that bothers me, and it didn't bother me until someone pointed it out, but it's like, how is he drinking that? Mm. Yeah. Like, it's cool in concept, but you're like, ah, oh, wait. That's like, just going to float out? Are you going to open your mask? Yeah, I was about to say, how do you like open the, the astronaut helmet? There's so like, much wrong with it. But I love it. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take it down. <laughs> I love you know that I mean? these are like this isn't real. Yeah, this I was about say, like like the yeah that's uh, again I get hooked on like little details. I'm like, well, that's not real. It's like okay, it's like the whole thing's not real, brother. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I get hooked on little details. But the way that uh the way because I was on Carla's podcast and uh, the way like Larry described it was probably the best way I've heard it of like it like it's very believable they went to the moon. It's super tough to believe they televised it. And I didn't think of it until like that moment when he said that. I was like, yeah, like we had problems with like certain parts of the Super Bowl this year. Like in 69, they just live shot that bad boy and like sent it down. So that's the only one that like I even lend some credibility to. But even then, I'm like, I I mean, they probably went, you know, I still can't get a signal in my place with antenna TV because, you know, I I stream everything. Yeah. (laughs) But then it's like. For sports, especially like live sports, 
uh, MMA and football are my two big ones. And yeah. MMA is all streaming pretty much, so that's fine. But then, like, football, I'm like, I need to watch a game on NBC, and they want to yeah. charge me for NBC as a free thing. So I have an antenna, and it just sucks in my loft. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, oh, yeah, and this is 2022. Like, Yeah. I haven't had a phone call since, like, 2014 over two minutes that I didn't go, wait, wait, what was that? Hey, yeah. sorry, you cut out. It's like... But yeah, back in '69, they're yeah. fucking just rocking like Streaming the live stream. from the moon. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> Ridiculous, man. Rusty, I appreciate you being on the show, dude. This was yeah, very awesome. I appreciate you being uh, very as kind as you are. Thank you for what you're doing with Albuquerque comedy and stuff like that. Yeah, Where can sure. people find you, and what have you? What are you doing uh, in the near future? Oh, uh, I always shout on my website, but I haven't got my website back up. So, Rusty Rutherford on Facebook. Um, Rusta Rhymes on Instagram. That's got all my life stuff, comedy, photography, everything in between. All the fun. All that fun. Uh, Stand up open mic comedy bingo every Thursday at 7 at Side Effects Downtown. The audience gets a bingo card. You follow along with the jokes the audience makes. And if you get a bingo, you win a prize, usually alcohol. Nice. Uh, So that's every week. That's free. First Friday's comedy contest is coming up the first Friday of every month at Tractor Brewery on 4th Street. Super good time. Ten comics all do five minutes. The crowd votes for the winners, and the top three comes back the next month. That show gets packed. It starts at 8 o'clock. We get there by at least 7.30 to find a seat. Um, And then a, a week from today... I'm doing Dry Heat Comedy. Um, Dry Heat's, if you don't know, the new comedy club downtown. Yep. Check that out. It's always something cool and different and fun going on there. Um, I'm opening up for Mo Alexander. Nice. So that'll be cool. Uh, Yeah. That's what I got. Nice, man. Dinner Detective. The Dinner Detective. DinnerDetectiveAlbuquerque.com. We do... Um, a couple times a week or a couple times a month at the Marriott it's murder mystery comedy show. You get like your full like, four course meal, um, everything but alcohol is included drinks sold separately. And then you get a comedy murder mystery show myself, a lot of comedians, um, AJ Matthews is there. Uh, Will's there, William, um, Tons of us. Lots of stand-up comics that are also doing Dinner Detective, Ali Marie. So, yeah. Nice. It's fun. I was about to say, and then uh, Roast Battle, August 17th. Roast Battle, August 17th. That'll be yeah. great. Yeah. I'm excited to, you know, it looks like you've worked with uh, AJ before, so that'll be cool to yeah. see you guys go at it. AJ's cool, man. I'm just like, yeah, I haven't written anything yet. Start that process. So. Yeah, all over again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all the fun. Uh, again, man, appreciate it. This was fun. Yeah, man. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, guys, remember the rules of escaping tyranny. Remember to uh, don't drink and drive, mix in a water, go down to your partner, and you're at the spot. Cheers. If you look, and if you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back in my pocket. I'm gonna write a book, and I don't care if you read it. I'm gonna make a movie, I don't care if you watch it. I'm gonna wave anyway, I could care less if you look. And if you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back in my pocket. 
I'm gonna write a book, and I don't care if you read it. I'm gonna make a movie, I don't care if you watch it. I'm gonna wave anyway, I could get less if you look. And if you don't shake my hand, I'll put it back in my pocket.